0: welcome back in this week's episode we discuss the push for a cashless society updates on the war in ukraine or rather updates on the updates on the war in ukraine as well as the absolute state of the union i'm luke and i'm roadie and this is the right side of the compass podcast so roadie happy international women's month Oh, thank
1: you. <laughs> um, <laughs> great to great to know that we moved on to another month with a theme.
0: Well, last month it was about black people, but now that you know now that we're done with black people, we, we can stop caring about black people. Now we could start caring about women. Which is interesting. International Women's Month is very interesting because I've been reliably informed that women are just a transphobic conspiracy theory. So
1: Take, ah, really? no.
0: yeah, yeah. The women don't actually exist. It's, we're all, we can all choose whatever gender we want. Yeah, so the existence just, of uh, women,
1: society, um, you know. social constructs. Yeah, yeah, social contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Social. So, yeah, so we don't, we don't actually, we don't have to be men or women. So you know, there's no reason why like women should get their own month if they're just fake. If we kind of all just made them up, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know. But that's just, that's just what I'm, I, I just noticed that. How's, uh, how's everything going? I know it's been a while since I've been on. It feels like forever. Yeah, no,
1: um, everything's good. Um, everything is, uh, you know, I'm alive. So, you know, can't complain. That's good. That's good. That's very, very good. I mean, you could complain, just no one cares.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I care. I care, Rody. I care. Okay. Uh, I care. Right. You can complain to me after the show. Anyways, yeah, so, um, and if it's about pay, I'm sorry, payment is not in the budget. We just, we're spending too much money paying me to pay you.
1: Oh, all right. Well, maybe next time.
0: Maybe next time. All right. We want to continue providing quality podcasts for you, oh, dear listener. But in order to do that, we need your help. Please like the video, share it with your friends, and subscribe to that channel. You can also find us on all of your favorite platforms, such as Apple, Google, and Spotify. In addition, you can reach out to us by sliding into those DMs at the right side of the compass on Instagram, as well as by commenting on the videos. Who knows? You may even hear back from us. So, I I wanted to uh, start today... By talking about the absolute State of the Union, the absolute State of
1: the Union, the absolute,
0: the absolute. What they called it? No, that no, because it's not. Today we're talking about the absolute State of the Union to differentiate from the
1: official State of the Union. Um, Oh, why is it usually on a different day?
0: No, it's just the abs. The State of the Union is given by the President of the United States, and I'm neither Joe Biden or Donald Trump, so I can't give it. Um yeah, so I can't give the state of the union, but I can give the absolute state of the union. And uh what that means is is I'm going to tell you how the union's actually doing and not, you know, prepared statements for
1: Oh, okay. I got it now. Yeah, like, okay. How it's a- a- actually doing. Okay, I got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to do it. You're going to help me, Rodie. Oh, woohoo. Yeah, so I I roped you into this. So uh we're 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 all in this together, you know. Yeah. I thought I'd never want to hear that word again, Mm -hmm. phrase again, but we're all in this together here. So, Rodi, you're gonna help me out here. So, how do you think the union is doing, Rodi? How do you think America's doing?
1: Um, I mean, we're still somehow moving. So, but I mean, it could be better. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's that's very nice of you. Most people wouldn't put it that way. I think.
1: Um, yeah, no, I just think that, you know, the, what, you know, what the founders, you know, the system made, you know, w- you know, to, to keep every other branch in check, you know, is, is working. So like, you know, some of the things he did want to do didn't go because the, you know, oppo- the, the, opposing side didn't let them. So I you're,
0: you're getting ahead of yourself. Let's yeah, yeah, talk fine. about the thing. But, state but of in your... general, but in
1: general, um, I guess I was, I'm trying to put it nicely. You're, okay. you're,
0: that, that's one way to put it.
1: Um, <laughs> but if you want, if you want to be a bad cop, you could, you can, you know.
0: Fair enough. I, I think when when it talk when it's when it comes to the State of the Union, I have one question, America: Are you okay? Do you need any help?
1: <laughs> Do you need help? Do you need to see someone?
0: <laughs> America, vote for Joe Biden if you're in trouble. <laughs> um, I,
1: mean, I guess know, uh, we, I, I know some good therapists you can go see, America.
0: Yeah, well, uh, not me. I'm not. I can't be a therapist. I'm not a licensed therapist. They thought uh, it's important to point out we are not licensed to do therapy. So, America, if you need a therapist, find someone else. But we did uh, point out that uh, things are not okay in the uh, in the U.S. of A. Uh, see what I did there?
1: I, I saw what you did there.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about. I don't want to dignify Biden's State of the Union address too much um because it's just it wasn't very good and more importantly i couldn't even watch it like i tried to i tried to do it but there are certain things i will not debase myself to do and one of the things is listening to an old man make up words and kind of drift off into space while he's talking just like i cannot do that and that's what the state of the union was from what I gather from other people who did put themselves through it, possibly, you know, they maybe did their jobs, you know, but I've never been a person who's been uh, particularly good at, you know, doing work. So uh, so I didn't watch it, um, but I did uh, do the Spark notes version. So I watched what other people said about the State of the Union, and they said that pretty much what I thought would happen was going to happen, which is Biden would talk a bunch of nonsense, make up some words, and Democrats would act like he's the greatest president of all time. And uh, that's that. Although there was a very funny moment, I was watching the Daily Wire's coverage of it, and I was watching Nancy Pelosi introduce the President of the United States. Why don't, why don't we roll the B-roll footage, and uh, we'll, we'll let you see what happened.
1: Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and distinct honor of presenting to you The President of the United States.
0: (laughs) She sounds like a a preschool teacher, you know, kind of It's like today we're having a special guest speaker, you guys. Yay! As if she's not talking to a room full of serious adults and... I think that's part of the problem. She's not really speaking to a room full of serious adults, which is why she felt the need to clap her hands like an idiot and say, yay, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Eh, whatever. This is a, I don't know. I, I, when I, when I first saw it, maybe it was the time of day I saw it. I just burst into laughter. I don't know. Maybe I just find things funny that really aren't. No,
1: no, it's funny. It's funny. Uh... (laughs) I
0: thought, (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, No, so that's what happened. I think there was also a point where like Nancy Pelosi kind of looked like a fly. She was like rubbing her hands together like a fly or something. A lot of people were talking about that, but I think this is a a star moment and this needs to be immortalized in all of human history. Anyways, so that was what happened at the State of the Union as far as I'm concerned. But let's talk about how the country's uh, doing uh, in terms of everything that's going on. So first of all, Ever since Biden was the president, things have been going downhill very quickly. I mean, it's important to point out if you if you have a car in the United States, you see the effects of the Biden presidency on your wallet almost immediately.
1: I mean, definitely, obviously, inflation is through the roof um, because of all of the printing of money and you know the stimulus and the bills he's been passing. So yeah, you're. Definitely not like it used to be.
0: Yeah, but I think it's especially important to point out that under the Trump presidency, Trump made it very important to us as a country that we're energy energy self-sufficient. We get our own energy. And I think for – especially for a world power, that's crucial because a world power needs to be independent of small things like – Listen I don't I don't think that, uh I don't think America needs to start producing our own like I don't know sushi salmon like I don't think that's critical but I think for uh for in terms of energy we need our own energy and that was very important uh to Trump but Biden shut down the Keystone pipeline and started getting more gas from Russia which is part of the reason why we're here uh in terms of you know but we'll we'll talk about Ukraine later Um, But gas prices went up especially because of policy decisions made by the Biden administration, specifically about energy, which is very important to point out. So there is that. Um, And then there was also bare shelves Biden. People are noticing that there's less food on the shelves. It's costing more money. Um, I noticed that even in Israel, it's getting harder to buy food. There's a lot of shortages. Um, It's getting all the way here. Um, well, yeah, because
1: that's what happens when you're a world power. If if the world power, if the you know greatest economy is getting affected, it affects the rest of the world also.
0: Yeah, so that's definitely true. Um, Afghanistan pull out that was a nightmare, don't you think? Uh,
1: yeah, that was a disaster.
0: <laughs> Did we was the podcast out during the Afghanistan pull out?
1: No, I do not think so.
0: Okay, so I didn't really get to say what I thought about the Afghanistan pullout. So I guess I could say that right now it seems very obvious to anyone who is paying attention that the Afghanistan pullout, it seems to have, the thing about the Afghanistan pullout is that if I was, like, I can, I can almost imagine it in my mind as, like, there's a council of people sitting there ad- addressing Biden, and there's a guy there, there's one guy who has all the great ideas, but everyone else hates him, so they do the opposite of what he says out of spite. And that's kind of like what happened here, right? Any everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. And it wasn't, you know, by accident. It was because they made terrible decisions. They signaled weakness. And which is a theme in the Biden administration, signaling weakness. Because you can't yeah. really you can't really signal strength when you're a man who can't pronounce true international pressure. Yeah. Right? Like if, if you say true of pressure and you can't say true international pressure. Um, or whatever it was he was saying, I don't remember what he was, he was trying to say. Uh, you can't really signal strength, which, was- which
1: again, I think you know, it's relevant even today with the Afghanistan, because it kind of trickles into the Ukraine Russia situation now, where where we'll, we will where we'll talk about it later. Well, about, of course, you know, how like Russia doesn't feel threatened by the U.S. You know because of what happened with Afghanistan.
0: Well, that's also similar to what happened in Israel over the summer in uh, in May. Remember that, what happened in May?
1: Uh, yes, I do.
0: Yeah, so there was a war. or It was more like an operation, I would say. We didn't actually send troops in. I don't think we did. Um, but yeah, that was partly because they knew that Biden wasn't going to blow up the world if Hamas starts sending rockets into Israel. But when Trump was in office... We got the embassy. We got the Golan Heights. We started, you know, chipping away at, you know, Judea and Samaria. And the reason is simple: Trump is strong, Biden is weak, and the enemy knew that they could take advantage of weakness. Um, and that's why we're gonna. That's why we're seeing what's going on in Ukraine today. It's also why we're seeing. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if if the Chinese take Taiwan, because again, Taiwan exists because of American strength. If America signals weakness, which is what it's currently doing, Taiwan is going to fall. And it, yeah. I, I'm not—I'm not a particularly smart person for saying this. You know, it's this is pretty basic. I don't like. I think the important thing is to understand that uh, we are not serious people at the moment, and that is why we're having this because it's the same thing with the clapping and the and the yay, right? Because serious people don't talk the way that Nancy Pelosi does, and serious people don't. Um, they don't do the things that are happening right now, um, but I think the worst thing that happened is that um, we all hate each other now. We all hate each other yeah. now. Um, I don't. I, I, not to say that this wasn't a problem under Trump, but I do think Biden kind of exa- exacerbated the problem because before Biden, there was only really half the country that was involved in the hate, right? Like I think when Trump was the president, you had. The, the republicans and the in the broadly speaking the trump base right they were they were kind of like just having a good time and they were you know doing what they wanted to do and they were you know they were like ah oh, let's get some liberals on our side let's try to c- communicate more and more i'm beginning to see that a lot of the trump base they've been thoroughly thoroughly blackpilled and now they're just kind of like yeah when we get back into power when trump gets back in 2024 we're just scorched earth and that's not good, you know.
1: No, we're definitely divided more than we've ever been, um, unfortunately, and that's you know very much due to also the, you know the the pandemic. Definitely, like if we were very separated before, the pandemic has definitely um, r- not rushed it. It um, it uh, I'm losing my English. Aren't <laughs> um, we all? <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, uh accelerated.
0: There we go. Um, there we go. Yeah, there you go. If you would have seen the State of the Union, I would have forgiven you because anyone can forget their English looking and listening to Joe Biden. <laughs> but you didn't even see it, so what's your excuse? <laughs> um No, yeah, I think so. I think here's the thing. I, I don't think the pandemic made I will say this. I think during the pandemic, the initial s- moments of the pandemic, I think everyone was kind of in this together. And then the BLM protests start BLM protests started, and then, you know, people started noticing, like, hey, you know, the Democrats are playing these dirty games, they're kind of, you know, burning down our cities, and they're telling us we can't go outside to get, like, you know, go to the bodega, but the, the, the Democrats are burning down cities in the name of social justice, and that's that's not bad for COVID, apparently, allegedly, um, and and that was, like, one thing, right, but the minute the Democrats weaponized the the vaccine which Trump didn't do. Right? Trump gave us the vaccine, but he didn't weaponize it. He didn't he never wanted to mandate it. He's he's been on record many times saying like it's it's it should be your choice. And if Trump was the president, we never would have gotten to the point in any country where, you know, you have to use uh you have to get permission from the government to do anything based on whether you have a vaccine or not. We never would have gotten there. Israel would never have gotten this way, the way it is. Thank God they're they're pulling back. Thank God, but um, we never would have gotten to that point had Trump been in an office because Trump would have said, "Oh, you know that's that's not how we're going to do things." That's definitely that de- that definitely didn't help, and and then you know like the election didn't look good because the Democrats changed all the rules, and that's not really Biden, but uh, still it's not good. But it was the Democrats, it was Biden that weaponized the vaccine. And that's a big problem. And so now we're at this thing. We're at the war in Ukraine, which at the State of the Union, they did kind of bring up. And by they kind of brought up, they they had like the ambassador from Ukraine uh, be there. And everyone was like waving the blue and, you know, yellow flags like idiots, even though they, they won't wave the American flag. These people, they'll kneel for it, but they'll wave the Ukrainian flag, which, you know, I don't mind other forms of nationalism, but in America, I want American nationalism. So that's that um but yeah war in ukraine definitely biden's fault because you remember what he got you remember what he said based on uh, i think it was something along the small incursion minor incursion you remember when he got caught saying that
1: um no i i was i did not see that
0: yeah so he was like yeah someone asked him like oh is uh putin gonna invade uh, ukraine he's like well if putin invades ukraine we're gonna blah 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 because biden doesn't know how to speak anymore and uh, he says like, well, if it's a small incursion, oh, well, you, you never say that. You never say small incursion. Mm-hmm. It turns out that that Trump said to like Putin, like, oh, if you uh, if you invade Ukraine, we're gonna bomb Moscow.
1: Which is uh, yeah, no, yeah. that's
0: a power move. That's a yeah, that's a real a, power move.
1: Yeah, no, you need, <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that. That's what was great about Trump. You know, like I said in the last podcast I did, it was all you know. This would not be happening if Trump. You know was in office, and one thing that he did great was international, um, you know relations, and that he just played hardball, and like you just did not mess.
0: Exactly, yeah. he was he was a mad he he, he played the madman really well. Yeah, and exactly. He played them. and what's really interesting is that Trump, you know, he was the America first guy, but ironically, perhaps and or maybe not even. Ironically, perhaps unironically, perhaps it was by design. Perhaps this is really what America First means. His his foreign policy was the best aspect of his presidency. Like of all the great things he did, his foreign policy was the best.
1: Well, yeah, because I believe – because it's like this concept. Um, when I was a life – it's the same concept. It's you need to focus on yourself first. Because if you don't focus on yourself first, this is like personal and I believe maybe geopolitical, then you can't help anyone else. So, for example, like when I was a lifeguard, okay, they would say like your safety is first. So it's like because if you're in danger, well, you know, if, if you're injured or you can't do something, well, then you can't help someone else. So, like, I think it's the same concept where it's like, you know, America first. And then you can, if you focus on America first, then you can then you know help other people potentially
0: but i think it's almost the opposite way i think he's just very very i think he wanted to do a lot more america first but he was inhibited by the administrative state but the administrative state i guess didn't give him as much of a difficult time in the foreign relations aspect and so he was able to do a lot more there and just as just as a reality of his existence he is a businessman he's good at making deals he's good at like kind of Playing hardball, like he needs to be a good negotiator. He needs so I, I feel that uh, he 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 did very well in foreign relations. Ask like anyone, he did incredible there. I don't think there's anyone who's honest who wants good things for the United States who would say Trump was terrible at at foreign relations. I think even his worst critics, you know, would have to admit that he did some great stuff foreign relations and. This was it. Like he he brokered the Abraham Accords. We had those, um, and now the Middle East is falling apart again because we we pulled out of Afghanistan like in the messiest way possible to risk a lurid image. Um, you know we have we have now Ukraine, and we don't even know what's going to happen with China yet. So that's that. Um, but in terms of Ukraine, I think I think the point has been made that the state of the union is in absolute shambles. Um, Hopefully it will all turn out well, but that's going to rely on everyone going to the polls in 2022, kind of shutting down the Democrats. Uh, but that's that. I don't I don't really know what else there is to say. Anyone who's been paying attention, anyone who, who – anyone who's responsible for their own bills in 2022 uh, would know that the State of the Union is not so great, and that's really what it is. But enough about the State of the Union in the United States. Let's talk about Ukraine because uh, there is stuff going on in Ukraine um, – that there are updates so first is russia's winning the war anyone who's telling you that spoiler you cr- alert spoiler alert well <laughs> no i think no I, here's the thing here's the thing i think there are genuinely people who who think who see the propaganda they're not very discerning and so they say like but ukraine is fighting back valiantly and this and that and, and no doubt that they're fighting back valiantly but russia's winning the war very obviously um if you want to uh of course, there's a lot of good literature out on Ukraine. I was I was keeping up uh, with Ukraine on Lotus Eater's podcast. There's a guy over there who's doing a lot of work. He's, he's just paying very close attention to Ukraine. You can go to – I believe it's like ukraineobservatory.org. Let me just double check that. Yeah, ukraineobservatory.org. You've got uh, John Wheatley of, uh, of Lotus Eater's. He's been paying attention very, 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 very – um, closely he he actually they did a video on like the Russian military and how like dysfunctional it is so it's incredible but even so you know the Russians are winning the war that's just the, the absolute you know what's going on the absolute truth and there's going to be someone who's going to be shocked if Ukraine gets conquered and I have to tell you like I mean I don't know if they'll get conquered like who knows but you know well,
1: that's not their plan they said they just want to replace the government with a government that would listen to them more
0: well they they always say that but who the hell knows you know like i don't i don't know if that's necessarily i don't know if that's necessarily like people say True. things all the time you know like we don't know what's really going to happen because this one's saying this and that one's saying that and that's actually my next point that both sides are using propaganda to garner sympathy from the world like that's just the reality you know
1: yeah you've seen i i've only been seeing uh you know these videos for ukraine I i haven't seen anything for from russia well, Russia. Yeah, well, Russia.
0: Was, well, Russia was trying to use propaganda, but just the world is not having it. So, for example, um, you know, a lot of their media has been shut down in the West. They can't use Facebook and Instagram. They're shut down from social media now, so they can't talk about it on social media. Uh, but they have their own propaganda inside Russia uh, to kind of bolster themselves. Well, I yeah, think-
1: because then the army wouldn't have any motive to fight.
0: Well, the motive is is that you know there's a guy pointing a gun at your head, telling you to go fight.
1: That's <laughs> the motive.
0: <laughs> that, that's a very simple and easy motive to understand. You know, like it, that's this is how it is. Um, I, I think people give the the Russian military too much flack. I, I really don't think it's up to the Russian soldier to kind of throw his gun down on the floor and say, "I'm not doing this," you know, like th- like I'm not going to war. You know, like we we lost the art of uh, you know kind of going with your country even if like you don't necessarily agree with what you be- they be- you don't necessarily I mean, I agree there's a with- lot
1: of videos of russian soldiers uh, surrendering
0: listen you surrender you don't have to die for your
1: country if you don't believe in what they
0: what, what they're saying but like uh, ukrainians are also surrendering that doesn't mean they don't believe in their country that doesn't mean they haven't fought valiantly for their country um I mean, you got the Ukrainian propaganda, of course. I'm sure you know Ukrainian propaganda. You know what's been going on in
1: Ukraine for the propaganda, right? Um I mean I've only been seeing what was on Facebook and all these different videos of, you know, different of I've been seeing a lot of social media stuff where like, oh, one citizen is is, you know, sitting somewhere and then there was like a bomb that like or, you know, an explosion behind him or other Ukrainian citizens holding guns. But not like I haven't been seeing like state propaganda. Well, well,
0: that's kind of like the interesting thing I was thinking about. It's like, you know, how in the Geneva Conventions it talks about the the distinction between, uh, you know, like army and civilian, right? Yeah. So, but what if we're living in an era where there is really no distinction? Because if if let's and and I was thinking about this because I was but watching in, Tim.
1: In which way, though?
0: Well, I'm going to explain because on the TimCast IRL podcast, they they pointed out that Latvia just signed a bill in their whatever parliament they have saying that their citizens are allowed to go fight for Ukraine. Right? Okay. So – but think about what that means, right? Latvia is not sending their soldiers to go fight because the Latvians don't want to get involved with their own army. But what they're doing is they're saying, oh, if you're a civilian and you want to get involved with the Ukrainian, you could go to Ukraine now, right?
1: Uh Uh-huh. So yeah, but, I get it. Right? If, if you really want to go, like we give you permission to go.
0: Yeah. So what does that mean in terms of like is is Latvia essentially declaring war on on Ukraine by proxy the same way that NATO has been, you know, the American empire?
1: No, that's Sorry, very by proxy? Yeah, no. You're you're right. That's very interesting that they did that because like you said they're not getting involved themselves, but like they're getting their citizens that feel very strongly about it to go. That's very interesting, actually. I never right. thought of that.
0: Right, and the, and the thing is, is that the point of the of these rules of war, the Geneva Conventions, is to kind of really separate the soldier from the civilian, right? But if the civilians get involved with the war by making up things on social media to try to sway public opinion, right? Now, I'm not saying that you know social media influencers should be shot for saying he supports Ukraine or Russia, whatever it is. I'm not saying that. But I am pointing out the very, like, kind of real aspect that, you know, even if Ukraine, in Ukraine very much does have its own propaganda machine, it's very hard to know. Like, for example, the ghost of Kiev, very obviously propaganda, um, you know, all these things. But if the media is making up stuff to get America involved, right, is that not, War by media is that not war by civilian cell phones taking pictures?
1: You know, it's very interesting because like it's not like World War II where it's just like fighting, but because we have all this information, social media, like the whole board game has changed. That's
0: that's why this is the most interesting thing, interesting war that's happened in my lifetime, because this isn't America rolling into like. a a Durka Durka society, blowing up everything, you know, uh, installing a puppet government, and then kind of not knowing what to do with themselves. Here, this is an actual war between actual countries, but now you have this angle of, well, now you have this media war that's going on, because World War II, there was no media war. And in Vietnam, the media war was, the the media also had very distinct players, but now anyone can participate in the media war.
1: Exactly. I think, well, I mean, there was media war. I mean, there was propaganda, but like, like you said, not to the like you said it was for this there was only few people that had that had the access, which was like the, either the states or certain uh, networks th- broadcasting systems yeah, yeah but now like everyone
0: yeah, I could pick it. up a cell phone and make propaganda too like <laughs> no one's stopping me um, except my conscience of course conscience, of course but yeah, that's the reality. Um, now here's the thing in general, I support Ukraine. In in terms of the war, I think most people do. I have seen a couple of smooth brain takes, like supporting Russia. I don't think anyone supports Russia itself, but you do have the the Ukrainians kind of trying to exacerbate this and and turn it into World War Three for very obvious reasons. And so they're now seeking membership in the EU and assistance from NATO. They want NATO to do a no fly zone. Um, it's very easy to understand why Zelensky want this. Wants this. I, I don't. I don't begrudge him that. Um, but I will say that it's not appropriate to kind of drag the world into World War Three, especially after two years of COVID. I don't think like, <laughs> no, yeah. I, like, seriously, like, come on, man. <laughs> like, to quote a president of the United States. Come on, man.
1: Come on, man. <laughs>
0: come on. Man. Like, I, I like you. Like, I, I want Ukraine to be an independent country, but not that badly.
1: <laughs> it's just amazing. It's like, oh, we just went through a pandemic. What can go? You know, what could be worse? It came you, know, you know what it <laughs> Nuclear was? Some, Holocaust.
0: <laughs> no, you know what you know what it was? Someone said like someone is like towards the end of the pandemic It's like I'm two years into the pandemic, I have no money, I lost my job, I have to get this stupid vaccine now what could possibly how could this possibly get any worse like and then you know because whenever someone says that in the movies it gets worse
1: it gets worse <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I, I i do want to point out and i think no one's been pointing this out right before the pandemic we were about to go into world war three remember that with iran
1: oh i mean i mean people were talking about it but i didn't think i mean me personally i didn't think it was gonna happen
0: no, of course. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to happen either. I don't think this is, I don't yeah, think it's going to break. Yeah,
1: talking about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, but then the pandemic broke out and then everyone stopped talking about World War Three. So it's very Dang. fitting that now that we're done talking about the pandemic, you know, we're, we're talking about World War Three again.
1: I just find it hilarious how like people forget it. Like once the media focuses on something else, people just forget the other thing. Like it never happened it's incredible like now you barely hear about the pandemic you might hear like a few things here and there about like schools and mandates stuff like that but like like i don't have to get into like arguments anymore like no one's really wearing a mask like where like where i am anymore and no one's really no one's talking about it they talk about it like in the past like oh like during the pandemic this and this happened but like no one's like talking about it anymore because like it's just amazing how they just boom Flip the switch, and now they're just focusing on you know Ukraine and Russia. It's, I just find it incredible.
0: Well, you can thank Vladimir Putin for that,
1: then I suppose. Thank you, Putin.
0: <laughs> yeah, because uh no, the truth is, is that was I, his
1: plan all along. That that was, he, that was he decided to save the world by becoming the enemy that everyone hates.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like Attack on Titan.
1: Well, I was thinking more like Lelouch from Code Geass, where. You know, he becomes the bad guy, and he, he becomes the common enemy that everyone hates. Yeah,
0: well, that's similar. Well,
1: to save I, the I, world.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that also
1: happens in Attack on Titan. Don't spoil it, anything. Well, I'm so. Well, I'm sorry. The manga's the out. One. The manga's out. I know the manga's out. I didn't read it.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, don't, well. I'm an anime
1: <laughs> person, not a manga person. Sorry Ugh. for all the manga fans out there.
0: <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but the the thing is is that the that the media really likes this because they were they were about to be caught with their pants down in terms of uh, the the pandemic. And I, I assume that just on this show we're gonna have to cover the pandemic again, because the minute stuff comes out about the vaccine, about the lockdowns, we, we saw that study from John Hopkins saying that the lockdowns didn't do anything. So now so they weren't in a good position in terms of the lockdowns and the vaccine and everything. And and everyone was kind of like, and the, and the face masks were not going well. So now they kind of have; they can just pivot. They don't have to answer for it. So they're they're liking this the media because they're very happy. Like, oh, Putin's the bad guy now. Um, I mean, he not that he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong; he's a thug, a KGB like killer. He poisons his political opponents. Don't get me wrong; he's not a good dude. Um, but this is very convenient for the media. And don't let the media forget don't don't forget that the media did this, and don't let them get away with it. Is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, Ukraine is trying to drag us into World War III. I don't think that's going to happen simply because I think everyone is trying to keep a cool head here, except for the media, of course. Um, but NATO is trying, like, not to get involved in a, in a no-fly zone. Um, Ukraine is seeking membership in the EU. For that, I want Ukraine, like, sanctioned for, for trying to enter the EU. This is ridiculous. I think the EU, but especially NATO, needs to be disbanded because of what's going on here in, in Russia. This is, this is partially Biden's fault for being a feckless idiot but it's also the existence of nato and the eu that's making this possible
1: because you don't think both of those should exist
0: right but the reason that they the reason why these two institutions cause this problem is that you essentially people don't people don't get this but the eu and nato are extensions of america in europe right so when nato was founded it was really supposed to be these like really western countries like the furthest east country was supposed to be like West Germany or Italy, right? And then they started expanding eastward. Well, if the EU and NATO and they started and they both exist and they start expanding eastward, how do you think Vladimir Putin's going to feel about this? Because the way Vladimir Putin looks at it, these are all extensions of the American Empire. You may as well like I, I don't see how it's any different than Vlad. I don't see how the NATO and e- and the EU gobbling up these countries. Obviously the methods are different and so fine, whatever. But in terms of what's actually going on, on the ground, I don't see how that's any different than, than Russia going in and conquering other countries and saying like, Oh, we're part of the Russian Federation now. I don't see how that's any different.
1: Yeah, no, uh, you're right.
0: So like now they're all the way in Ukraine and Russia feels like, Oh, the, the, the Americans are coming for us now. And then it's like, okay, well why, why do we care if the Americans come? Well, cause the Russians aren't Americans. They don't see the world the American way. Um, I don't like Russian culture. Don't get me wrong. I think Russian culture is very sad. Like they don't smile a lot. Um, and it's actually by design. They think that this is the most Russian thing I've ever heard. Apparently in Russian society, smiling for no reason is seen as a sign of being untrustworthy.
1: I think I've heard of that once. Yeah. I, I, it's very interesting. I forget why though.
0: And, like, like, I get the logic of it. It's just a very cynical way of looking at the world and I don't like it. Right. But just as I wouldn't want the Russian society coming to my doorstep and telling me how to live. You know, I wouldn't want the, like if I was Russian, I probably wouldn't want the Americans coming to my doorstep and telling me like, Oh, you need to trans the kids now. And you need to uh, smile all the time.
1: Definitely Right.
0: And, and, and we see this also in terms of like how the media is covering Ukraine. Like they're, they're trying to like, like there was a story that came out of like some trans Ukrainian, like a a man who quote unquote transitioned into a woman. And she was very sad because the Ukrainians made her stay Made him stay rather and fight the war as a man because he's a man. He's not a woman. You can't just you can't just dress up as a woman and shirk your 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 masculine duty for your country, which is very interesting to me. Um, but they're they're just not the same thing, right? And people don't get this. Like the, the East does not believe in the same things the West does, and Putin is looking at that and going, "Well, I don't want Russia to turn into, uh, you know, trans the kids land like it is in America." So.
1: Yeah, no, you're, a hundred percent right. Um, yeah, um, like I mentioned before, like some you'll see a, you know, propaganda. Um, there was a propaganda, not propaganda. There was a recruiting video for the military. This is only mentioned in last week's podcast. Of you know the U.S. one was like you know of this, uh, of this girl, and she's like, oh, I'm really you know proud of my you know you know lesbian like parents or something. My you know my mom's. And, like, this inspired me to, like, go to the army. And then it goes to, like, the Russian one. And, like, they're jumping out of planes. And it's dark. And it's badass. And there's, like, rock music in the back. <laughs> Just, well, well, yeah. It's that's so different. <laughs> it is so different.
0: It's, like, what do you value? And in, in the United States, we, we kind of, like, are not serious. We yeah. you don't value killing the enemies. Like, even the military now is woke nonsense. And, it, and I, I like, again, I'm not saying that putin's a good guy and i'm not saying he's this defender of russia because obviously like there are aspects of his country that i don't want but anyone who thinks that the west has some moral edge on russia it's just just not true that doesn't mean i support russia i'm just pointing out that this isn't exactly like when it comes to america versus the arab world i think when it comes to them, I think, yeah, America's got its problems, but I think we're better than the Durka Durka world, right? Um yeah. like the team like we really do need a Team America world police when it comes to the, the sand people over there. <laughs> but you know, like when you when you got these goat herders living in a, a living in uh caves, you know, like slaughtering like do you see what happened in Iran that this guy slaughtered his wife, like walked wow. around with her head? My God. Like, yeah no, these are sand people. That's like terrible. That's that's like I don't want them near me. but Russia's is not like that. It's just slightly different. They focus on different things. They have other problems. They're a little bit more corrupt than we are, although at this point, I don't even think that's true. um you know they're they're a little bit more kind of like gloomy and you know, kind of distrustful. okay, not exactly my society, but you know they got other we got other problems that they don't. so i I, I don't like. Leave them alone. don't don't push NATO and the EU on them. you know, They don't need it. and Ukraine doesn't need it, and Latvia doesn't need it, and Estonia doesn't need it, and Poland doesn't need it. Get the West out of the East. I don't want them there. <laughs> you know? So there's that. but the, the I, I think the worst part about this is that the the inter, the liberal economic order is now punishing Russians for um or not sometimes they're not even punishing Russians. They're punishing us for uh for what's going on did you see the story about how in canada of course canada they they went they went back to being a not serious country after the after they dispersed the freedom convoy there was a restaurant that decided to rename their famous dish poutine they decided to rename it to like something else because it sounds too much like putin oh you know what poutine is uh remind me it's like when you have French fries and you, like, drizzle gravy on it and you put cheese curds. It looks kind of good, actually. I want to try it one time.
1: Um, All right. Um, I mean, I, I hear it. I mean, it's – yeah. I mean, I guess it could drive away business if, if – uh, I don't know. If, is there – imagine if, you know, Jews, we went to a restaurant and um, – I don't know. Imagine, you know, you went to a restaurant and something sounded similar to, like, you know, Hitler or, you know, Adolf. I don't know
0: well first of all adolf is a name just like anyone else but also like why would you rename your own culture just because some other guy in some other country has a name that sounds similar to it
1: because then um you're right i don't if it sounds similar i wouldn't change it i mean but look you have to look at it at a business perspective like if people will if potent, if the if the potential is there that people won't come or eat because because there's some sort of uh, similarity to the name then yeah they might you might change it but But, i don't know i don't think that was going to
0: happen though i i don't think the average canadian as silly as i think canada is i don't think the average canadian was gonna be like you know i love poutine i love eating french fries with gravy and cheese
1: curds because that's awesome but damn, that name is terrible. We should change You're it. Right? I mean, look, because the association, like, I'm sure it's a well known dish, and you it's know, very it,
0: well known. It's what Canada's known for. That exactly. That so, apologizing like, too much and curling. You know, <laughs> so if
1: it's well known, then like you could walk in and you obviously know, hey, this is not like, Putin. So, in in that case, I would say yes, it's stupid to change it. If it's, it would be similar. If you know the French, the French. You know, started, you know, gone to, you know, war with, I don't know, Spain or something. And so we started changing the word, like, French fry. To, we, did like, we did that. And we did that. we attempted to change, like, what, to freedom fries? Yeah, free- but, it's like, a freedom didn't fries. Work.
0: It didn't work because it's dumb. It's dumb. It's very dumb. They renamed white Russians, I think, to white Ukrainians. They changed chicken Kiev to chicken Kiev is the same we just changed the spelling which is even dumber um but now like and then we like punish the cat people for having russian breeds like so if you're an american and you own a russian cat breed you can't bring it to a cat show nothing to do with like actual russians really which is very dumb but but this is just like dumb things it's just punishing ourselves let's talk about how we're punishing the, the the russians right now there's like a whole list of companies that do not operate in in Russia. Um, you've got, yeah, of course, of like N- Nike. You've got, you know, your McDonald's. Coca Cola wants to pull out. Most interestingly was Pornhub. It's like, yeah, I'm sure Vladimir Putin. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Vladimir Putin is like sitting there in the middle of the night, like losing sleep. How will my soldiers jack off? Like. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a man that builds cathedrals. He's probably like good riddance porn up. I, I I remember reading a story saying like they're gonna ban porn in Russia anyways, and they're gonna tell like people like go find a wife, you degenerate losers and, and I'm like thinking, well that, that solves the problem, doesn't it? Like if porn have just BTFOs, you know, BTFOs themselves, then you know that's great. By by the time all these international corporations leave Russia, Russia will be the type of country that I would want to move to. So, they got no porn, no junk food, uh no no social media, like they, they cut off Facebook and 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 Twitter over there. You can't access them over there. That's great. Sounds like a great place. Sign me up. <laughs> like I'll move Except to that's
1: Russia. literally freezing there like all year round.
0: Yeah, but imagine finding a hot Russian babe like some like like do you ever see these Russian women? Some of them are gorgeous, right? They're they're gorgeous over there, and then you got you got to find a hot one because sometimes like the like I don't know what it is with Russians like they're either like a ten or a two I don't know what it is like there's it's something very weird about like that place in the in the world where like there's no like average looking women there's like either like too gorgeous to exist or they're just like you don't want to look at them Um, you don't deserve to exist you don't. (laughs) No, they're they're too gorgeous. It's not about deserving to exist. It's like I, I don't understand, like how how they like who who's like congratulations to the parents of some of these like kids. Like oh my <laughs> god, um, but you got these beautiful women over there in Russia. No social media, no junk food. You can't get fat, right? There's no like. There's no porn, right? Can't get hooked on porn because, you know, 96%, 94% of men have watched porn and 6% are liars. So, (laughs) 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 so, like, there's no porn and you just go to Russia and it's, it's a paradise. Like, it's great you know um, that's that's gonna happen but I think the scary thing is that you'll see a lot of Russians now they don't have access to their bank accounts because I think Apple Apple shut down with Apple pay so Russians can't pay for anything visa and MasterCard don't work in Russia
1: anymore yeah a lot of sanctions I mean no I I don't know they've been doing a lot of sanctions with the central bank I don't know about the other the private banks um, what they've been doing they've been doing a lot of like state things at least in Concern of you know America and the other countries. What private companies have been doing? I don't know, but um, I all I've heard of are the state-wide stuff.
0: Right, but I think it's very important to understand that it's it's a different thing. Like it's one thing to like kind of say, oh, you know, we're not we're going to stop buying Russian oil. That itself would have been a big blow to Russia, right? But I think yeah, if course. you bet. But I think if you if you go to the average Russian and you say, Oh, because Vladimir Putin started a war, therefore you can't have access to your bank account.
1: How do you think the average Russians are gonna feel? Uh they're gonna you know, they're gonna feel bad. You know, not bad, but they're gonna be not not happy. <laughs> well that that's like a very
0: like kind of weird way to put it but they they they're not going to be happy is the least of our problems but then vladimir putin comes like think about like i hate the liberal economic order just as much as anyone else does but think about it from the liberal economic order's perspective right just i'm trying to figure this out right so the liberal economic order is trying to get people to be like kind of open to the idea of the liberal economic order right okay so you've just proven why the liberal economic order is a big fucking problem because now you have these international Credit companies, right, like Visa, MasterCard, have decided like, oh, if your country steps in a line, that's it. You can't access your bank account. You can't pay for anything. There's nothing to buy. You're going to starve to death because Vladimir Putin started a war. And it's like, okay, well, so now we're going to make our own institutions and we're going to make our own things. And if you're the Americans, you better be prepared for when the Russians come up with their own payment system and they come up with their own economic system and they get off the petrodollar because, dear God, it's going to get very, very, very dicey. In the United States, when, when 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 the money dries up, when the petrodollar is not the universal language anymore,
1: oh, yeah, I see it going away. I mean, in the next like ten years, twenty years, I definitely see it going going away soon.
0: Right, and the the bill will come up, and and this is going to be partly the reason because the instead of allowing the system to work, they they weaponize the system that was very obviously designed to make things easier, right they they weaponized it to turn it against average people right we saw this and th- and this is our third topic by the way which i called that's not very cash money of us and that's going to be the title of the episode um, you know so that's that i i i'm pretty proud of that title actually um Everyone, you know, I'll just I'll see myself out. Um, But but yeah, you you saw this with Canada, right? You saw this not just with the truckers who are just normal people who are protesting the government, you know, like the proletariat protesting the bourgeoisie. Um, You saw this with people who donated to the trucker, like uh, the Give Send Go campaign. Like they had their accounts shut down because you give ten buckaroos to the to the truckers who are protesting for freedom. It's like all of a sudden you can't access your bank account. Yeah. And like, okay, well, now I don't want, now I don't want these credit cards, and I don't want these banking companies having access to my money. And and then you don't have the banks; they're not investing because you you you've destroyed your trust in them, right? Now now the banks think it's their business to go and shut down bank accounts of people they don't like. So for example, that's there why was why
1: some people only deal with cash.
0: <clears throat> but that's that's the other problem, right? Because it it. It's a catch twenty two, right? So if if let's say you you put your money in the bank, the government can ban your account, and then you don't have money, right? But if you put it in cash, the government could just print money, and then your
1: your your cash money is worthless, is, and you're not earning interest off of it.
0: Yeah, which is a big problem. Um, so there's this article, right? From came out of unheard how corporations can delete your existence. Losing a Twitter account for controversial statements is one thing. Losing a bank account is quite another thing, right? So. This is about a woman named Laura Towler. Um, and basically the article talks about how she was in uh, in Britain because she's from England um, and she decided she was going to go to shop and she put her card and the card didn't work. And she knew she has money in the card because she's presumably an adult who has a a bank account in the plus, which is more than I can say about myself. Um, I, I guess for me, just nothing would change if, if my bank account was attacked by the government. I don't have anything. To, I don't have anything. It's i was like,
1: huh. Jokes on you! I don't have money, anyways. I know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I don't. an irresponsible adult.
0: <laughs> Th- that's the advantage of not being good with money. Uh, <laughs> the government, the government can't nail you on that. Um, I guess they could. It would, it, in all seriousness, it probably would be terrible. But I'm, uh, I, 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 at this point, like, if the government wants to arrest me, they can do it. I, I don't really care. Um, anyways, so she goes and she wants to go shopping, and the the banking app, uh, the the card didn't work, and she checked the, checked the banking app. And the banking app, app said that there was an error. She goes to the bank, and the manager said they just shut down her account. Apparently, it's because she has like bad opinions. Apparently, um, apparently she has bad. No, she's um, she's also Laura Towler, one of the founders of Patriotic Alternative. Towler is a sort of next gen BNP type, British national, British National Party type a net-savvy white identitarian who campaigns against mass migration and occasionally winks to her Telegram followers about you-know-who, they know all right, the Jews. It would seem that Towler had been expelled from Santander, which was the name of the bank, for her views, but in line with the bank's conditions, this has not been made clear. Um, Several things. Number one, like, okay, Laura's a bad person. Like, if this is true, I don't know how true this is, but if, if it's true that she's a bad person, she's a bad person, I don't think anyone needs to like kind of rehash this like yeah jews are fine no 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 reason to hate them um but like i don't as a jew i don't even want people banning people from banks on our account i would much rather have the nazis have their bank accounts than be like oh you know the jews shut down my bank account because i said the wrong thing against the jews Mm -hmm. i would much rather have that um but also, like, I just don't want that used against me. Like, I want the banks to be, like, a neutral platform that, like, can only be shut down through due process.
1: Yeah, through due process. Well, was this shut down in due process?
0: No. The bank just said we don't like Laura Towler, so we're going to shut down our account. Because she he has bad opinions.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's wrong because then, like you said, because then where do you draw the line? It's like, then you could just do that for anyone. And then on a bigger scale, you know, like we were talking about before with like the, the truckers and, and other things. So yeah. Cause if, if you don't, yeah, I, I do think uh, you're right. It's definitely wrong of them to do it for, for her. Even if, even if you disagree with her opinions, the action itself is wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, you've got, well, I'm going to continue here. Coincidence abounds in the modern world. Last year on the other side of the Atlantic, this is referring to America, various alt-ish right figures. This is alt This is obviously uh, you know, a left-wing publication because they think these people are alt-right. Um alt Alt-ish right figures who banked with J P Morgan Chase woke up on the same morning to find that they no longer banked with J P Morgan Chase. They included the chair of the Proud Boys, Enrique, Ota- Enrique Tarrio, former InfoWars staffer Joe Biggs, Project Veritas associate Laura Loomer, and Martina Marcota, a Trump-supporting performance artist. Of those four, it's the other Laura whose case drives home the full capriciousness of corporate wait, power. So and I just an- want
1: to re- rewind a little bit to what you said? So wait – you said before that even in, like, Nazi Germany, like, you know, you wouldn't want a bank to shut down, like, Nazi accounts.
0: No, 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 no. I'm I, 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 I mean, like, I don't know if I'd agree with—I don't know if i not necessarily disagree with what you said, but I'm saying that I don't want Nazi bank accounts shut down unless they commit a crime which would warrant the, the bank accounts shut down as per very specified and specific— but- their
1: ideology like but their ideology that influenced them to do violence you wouldn't want like they didn't do any harm but you so you wouldn't want them to close their bank accounts
0: what about harm it doesn't matter there's certain things that should not be available like i'm okay with kicking a guy who's goose stepping you know in a business out of his job like i agree there's certain things that should be not available to society but I don't want people to be like shut out of finance just because they believe the wrong things. Mm-hmm. It's it's simply a matter of like even if, even from a practical standpoint. Imagine you ban Nazis from the financial platforms. First of all, if you ban Nazis from financial platforms, they're going to blame it on the Jews. Because
1: you're right. Like,
0: hello, <laughs> like. They're going to blame it on us. And and more importantly, like, what do you think they're going to do if they all of a sudden can't pay their rent? They can't pay for air travel. they can't. What do you think they're going to do? A riot? Riot would be a good thing. They probably would go shoot up a synagogue in the hopes that, you know, the police come shoot them because now they have no reason to live. G- give an extreme person no way out and they will do that.
1: Go out with a bang?
0: <laughs> why not? No, seriously, why not? The, the, when it comes to extremists, the last thing – and I'm not saying all extremists – like, I'm not saying, like, the, the common liberal thing that you can dangle, like, a $2 bill in front of, a, like, an extremist and they'll, like, do whatever you want. They'll, like, modernize. What I am saying is don't take away their reasons to live. Don't take away the reasons they have not to, like, shoot people. Mm-hmm. If right. this Laura Towler person is such a dangerous individual – why would you want to take away the one thing that allows her to continue living her life? Now she's gonna go shoot up a Muslim thing, whatever. Because you know she can't do anything. Why? Why? Why not? Why not go to prison where it's easier? Like at least you don't have to pay for things there. You're just sending her to prison with extra steps. <laughs> Because she can't live like that. <laughs> she can't live like this. You can't donate uh, to her because the government's going to say, oh, you donated to Laura Taller. Oh, your bank account's shut down, right? She can't buy anything. No one gets God, paid You any- want to
1: send this person to prison? How should we do it? Um, we should close down their bank account, uh, and then they'll have to do a crime, and yeah, yeah, they'll go to jail.
0: Well, uh, show me where the lie is. <laughs> show me where the lie is. Uh,
1: I guess that's one way to get someone to jail.
0: <laughs> you no, know, it's like, get, the- get them to... Put them in a corner in which they have to do something illegal so that you could send them to prison. Just, just keep on prodding them. Anyways, of those four, it's the other Laura whose case drives home the full capriciousness of corporate power in a networked age. Loomer styles herself as the most banned woman in the world. In addition to Chase, she is banned from PayPal, from Venmo, from the Cash app, Airbnb, and Instagram, from Lyft, Uber, wow. and Uber Eats, from the blogging monetization platform WordAds, and the t-shirt print-to-order site Teespring, from Twitter and Facebook, obviously, and from any one of a half-dozen other platforms for Digital Congress.
1: So Digital Congress um <laughs> well, so she literally can't do anything.
0: Yeah. By the way, you know Laura Loomer? No. Yeah, so this is the Laura they're talking about, right? because the, the, they're not talking about the Laura Towler. it's very confusing, but they're talking about Laura Loomer. Laura Loomer's a Jew.
1: Okay, and what she, does she do? She
0: supports Trump. Oh wow. Uh you know Mike Lindell from My Pillow? Yeah. So he, like, he had, like, all of his money taken out of, like, I think a Minnesota bank. They just, like, we don't want to be associated with you. They just shipped him his money. When it came to Laura Towler, Laura Towler was sent her money in a check.
1: She wasn't even sent bills. You you can't even do anything with that.
0: Well, what do you do with Who's going to, if you have 100,000 euros in a check, who's going to give you 100,000 euros in cash? Who the hell is going to do that? And if one bank canceled her, who's going to give her the other bank? It's not even like they're giving her money. She can't pay her rent. I don't know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so she gave her a worthless piece of paper. Here use remember how instead. What?
1: Use crypto instead.
0: Well, so that's what I was gonna say. Like a lot of people say, like, oh, we should switch to crypto. Well, there's there's a huge problem with crypto. Number one, it's very easy for for people to say, like, oh use crypto when you're a young person. But some people are old and they don't want to use crypto. And some people are just not tech savvy. Some people just don't understand crypto. Right. Um also crypto, you really need internet. Like, that's the thing. Crypto, you need internet to verify transactions. What if you're in, I don't know, say, for example, just hypothetically, let's say you're in a war zone, like, I don't know, um, <laughs> Ukraine, where there's no internet? Hi- hypothetically. Hypothetically. I-, I heard, like, hypothetically, should there be a war between Russia and Ukraine? What happens if there's no internet? Hmm, How does crypto- I wonder. no but like seriously what do you do if there's no internet because a lot of the crypto bros are like yeah i live in the first world i live in new york and there's always going to be internet because and if there's not going to be internet it's going to be for five minutes going to be fixed well hold on a minute do you remember that 9-11 happened 20 years ago 9-11 happened 20 years ago and the internet can shut down like that you don't realize how crazy the internet is i don't think crypto can shut down like that but they could shut down the internet very quickly if they really wanted to
1: yeah no you, you could yeah, very that's easy. why
0: we need cash. We need physical representations of value, right? I like banks. I like credit cards. I like debit cards. They're all very neat, okay? I like all these innovations, but they cannot replace cash, which is very unfortunate because we have this uh, We have this uh, study. I think, it, let me just find it. I, I, I sent it to you. I'm just going to find it here. I don't know why it's not up. Um, let's see. Cashless society draws closer with only one in six payments now in cash. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem.
1: Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I mean, in that, in that scenario, yeah, obviously, I mean, yeah, people are going more digital. No one carries cash anymore, which I like, sometimes feel bad because like, I know people who carry no cash on them and like, I barely carry cash on me. I always carry some cash on me. But then, like, even when I'm walking in the city and, you know, there's a, like, I wonder, like, what are, like, homeless people gonna do? Like, once no one's carrying cash on them, it's like, how can you... I never give get to the money?
0: homeless because I don't carry cash on me. Like, if I kept cash, it would be, like, in a safe in my room. Like, I would not carry cash on me. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the fact that you can put cash in your, in your, in your, in your safe and you could walk around with a debit card. Like, that's very convenient. But the idea that you cannot use cash anywhere. Like, for example, in Israel, I I, I don't know if I spoke about this here. I'm pretty sure I spoke about it on the podcast. In Israel, they do not take cash on the bus.
1: Yeah. So so on the bus. So when they changed that.
0: Yeah, but it's not just about convenience. As far as I'm concerned, the last vestige of anonymous travel was the bus, right? Because if any car nowadays has like some way to track it, right and then it has like the license plates whatever right but a bus theoretically you could get on a bus like up until recently you could get on a bus in Israel and no one would know who you are right you could pay in cash no one needs to know who you are no one needs to check your ID but now you either need to pay by card or you scan the the QR code on the bus and it's like that's not dystopian in any way. Like now they're relying on you to carry your phone around.
1: Yeah, no, you're, it's, it's, it's one of those things like, it's one of those things where freedom and, and um, convenience kind of um, uh, don't really mesh well. And what I mean by that is like, if you want more con convenience, you need to give up more freedoms. And if you want to more freedoms, you have to give up more convenience. And what I mean by that is, like you said, like now we have all this digital stuff, credit cards, all that, which is, you know, very easy, very quick. Um, you know, you don't have to carry physical money on you, which gives you all this convenience. And if you go to crypto, you know, now there's gonna be even faster convenience. But with that, then but in order for those conveniences, you need to give up certain freedoms but i disagree with that
0: i disagree with that fundamentally this is not an either or situation we've had cash up until two minutes ago cash is very very very
1: difficult to do things
0: but you don't have to throw away the option for cash
1: no i'm not saying you should throw away the option for cash are they actually thinking of hey we're not going to print out money anymore you know the, the dollar bill you're holding in your hand is worthless now well
0: yes because the banks the central banks want digital currencies they want digital centralized currencies. Uh,
1: I mean, look, if they're thinking of like banning it outright, I don't think so. They, sh- they should do that. But um, I mean, I just know society in general is just going towards that direction, even without them having to, you know, uh, you know but outlaw. But this is a problem. Cash. This is a
0: problem. And I mean, like, you could also just see it in regular life. Like, the government doesn't even necessarily need to stop printing cash. If there are places that want to get rid of a cash register and just accept cash and just accept like credit payments or just accept crypto, that's bad for society. Um, I know, like, and this is not against, you know, my roommate or anything like that. Great guy, right? But sometimes I'll ask my roommate, like, oh, my card's not working. My card's giving me an issue because I only have a certain type of card. I don't have a credit card. I only have debit cards. So sometimes I don't. Like, I'm not allowed to buy things on certain websites, which is fine. You know, like, it's not the end of the world. But I'll ask, like, my roommate, oh, can, like, can I use your credit card? Here's the cash. And he's like, I don't want cash. I don't use cash. I don't want it, right? That's a big problem that people have this attitude because we need cash. We need cash to have value, right? Mm-hmm. We, we You know, and this is a problem that, number one, people – this is a very bad for for – number one for national security because as we've seen in Russia, Ukraine – that we need physical types of money, right? It's also bad for society because I want to be able to do things and not rely on on a central banking system, you know? Because in the olden days, if the government wanted to take your money, they had to come with soldiers and confiscate it. And if you hid your money, they didn't have anywhere to get it. Now your money is in a bank. It's all just like zeros and ones. The government can tell the bank because they can't actually do this by law. They can't take it themselves. What they can do is they can tell the bank, oh, hey, buddy, you know, if uh, you know how like we're funding all these banks by uh, with taxpayer dollars. So why don't you just take this bank account and ban it?
1: It would be a real shame if if something were to happen.
0: Yeah, it's a great. And and that's like how like they're going to they're going to do conformity, right? Because they'll be like, oh, it's a really nice bank account you got there. It'd be real shame if you didn't have it anymore. You know and we sent you I mean, a check with all your money what
1: that's literally what the u.s does to get its way so uh, for, for example when they wanted to make the drinking age um, and gambling to 21 it used to go by the states like you know some states did 18 some states did 21 and then they're like hey everyone needs to do the federal government was like hey we everyone needs to do 28 sorry not 28 21 um, for you know, for gambling and, and like drinking, um, Texas, you know, didn't want to listen and they didn't listen and they stopped, you know, in order to get Texas to get in line with it, they stopped like funding. they said like anyone that doesn't do it, it's like, we're not, they're not going to get funding for like roads and and stuff.
0: Well, I mean, they literally
1: like blackmail Texas into following them. So that's like, it's the same concept where it's 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 like, it's the same
0: concept. It's the same concept, but it hasn't been leveraged. Against individual citizens until very recently.
1: No, you're right. It hasn't been levered towards individual citizens, but the, it's just on a smaller scale. Yeah, it's more it's on, on a smaller a scale.
0: I think also when it comes to Texas, the government didn't say, "Oh, we're going to ban all accounts from Texas. We're going to prevent Texas from buying anything." What they said is, "We're not going to send you federal dollars," which is a problem because then the, the then the federal government is used. unless
1: you listen to us. So I'm saying they're going to do the same thing towards the bank. It's like, oh. You know, you need to listen to us, and if you don't, like, we're not going to give you this money or that, or you know,
0: right. But that's like a bigger problem in terms of like we see this now, where the government won't necessarily infringe upon your First Amendment rights, but they'll tell Facebook, oh, we we need to start banning more accounts that support Trump. Yeah, they they won't like they won't do it themselves, but they'll use corporations as kind of a a, a, like a a media, like a I guess an in between. And then they skirt the the amendment issues, and that's a very big problem. And someone needs to, and the and Republicans need to start wising up and saying like, "Oh my God, the, gov- the the banks cannot shut down your bank account because you have the wrong opinions. They cannot do that. That is unacceptable. And it's not it's not a matter of let's just move on to different types of things, because it it, it has to do with the trust we have in our society and our institutions. is not going to be good for us if people do not trust the banks. It will be very bad for people who – even for the people who do well in the banks. It's very bad. We live in this society where no one wants to be associated with anyone, but the banks are an institution fundamentally that require everyone to associate with everyone because it requires everyone to put their money in the banks, and then they need to uh, invest it and loan it out to people, and that's why we have the wealth that we do. If we don't trust anyone, then we're not going to have banks anymore. So it's very important that the government needs to come in now – when the Republicans win in 2022, it's very important that the government's mandate all these bank accounts be reinstated and then make brand new laws, not only protecting the rights of people who use the banks, but also protecting cash as an institution and legislating that cash needs to be accepted in very, very important industries, such as you need to accept cash for rent, you need to accept cash for grocery stores, you need to accept cash for uh, you know, transportation, um, you need to make it so that cash – Works in very very key industries. If some guy on the corner doesn't want to operate, you know, a, a, a cash register, you know, in his little bodega, that that I don't care about. What I do care about is if you go to the grocery store and they say like, oh, you know, we only take uh, credit, and you know, you can't uh, you can't operate if you don't have a credit card. And oh, you said the wrong thing on Facebook, so now you don't have a credit card anymore. Oh well, I'm very concerned about that. So that's 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 what I think and we need we need to keep cash as an option. And I want to see that in America, I want to see that in Israel, the liberal economic order is trying to take away our way of doing business and it's very important that our legislature put a stop to this immediately. This is more this, I think this is the most important issue. More important than anything else. More important than even the trans kids. This is the issue that I think matters.
1: Um yeah, whether it's the most important uh matter i mean it's definitely important (laughs) oh listen
0: maybe i was being a bit hyperbolic i don't know if transing the kids is less important than is more (laughs) important than this or less important um but but you could certainly make an argument that like destroying the way we trade not like i'm not talking about international trade or gdp or you know just we need a little more extra money on like a little more exports i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the way that i go to the store and buy milk I'm talking to the way that I pay for my rent. That cannot be made fully digital. Because the minute it's made fully digital, it's susceptible to internet crash, it's susceptible to government interference, it's susceptible to woke culture. We need to make cash king again. We need to make I mean. We need to make cash great again. Make cash great again. That that is going to be my that, slogan that's when I run That's your
1: slogan for for when you run for dictator and president. I know when when I when I run to be
0: democratically elected to be the supreme tyrant of whatever country I'm in, I'm gonna be like make cash great again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think it's gonna go well because I think a lot of people are of your mind, Brody, which is that uh, credit's very convenient and they don't they don't they don't quite get how important cash
1: is. No, don't get me wrong. I. I I agree with you that there is an issue of getting rid of, of cash. Um, and obviously I'm just a lazy person and you know, I obviously like the convenience of not using cash, but no, I, I I'm a very big fan of cash. Um, but that's
0: why I'm not like banned. like, that's why I'm not like banned visa mastercard. You know, that's not no, why no, I'm like no. that. I, I, I like those things. And it's very convenient to be able to send money across the planet. You can't do that with cash. Like, don't get me wrong. It's very good that we have these financial institutions. They need to be protected. They need to be legislated into submission, right? So that, like, when you yeah, go to the, when you go to the bank, you know that it doesn't matter what you posted on Facebook. It doesn't matter what you said at a college campus. You can use your credit card, um, and uh, it needs to be made so that if if you need to use cash for whatever reason, you know the things that matter the most. You can buy in cash. That's yeah. what I think.
1: I think matters. Um, Um, All right. And, um, and that's our episode. We hope you enjoyed. Please like the video, share it with your friends and subscribe to the channel. We are also on all your favorite podcast streaming services. You can reach out to us by DMing us on Instagram at the right side of the compass, or by commenting on the video in the comment section. We hope you enjoyed and we look forward to you tuning in next time.